Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Presents Sunday Morning Sports Talk with your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Well, welcome. Come on in. And despite their best efforts over the last 100 days, Major League Baseball finally came to its economic senses this week. You, the fans, were abused through the process. Uh, The negotiating sessions became very public, which is never very good, but certainly very expected when it comes to Major League Baseball and its negotiations with its Players Association. In a business word, it would be called sloppy business. Sloppy. Baseball does a very good job of that. And then wonders why we become so consumed about how much a player is making, so consumed about why hot dogs and beer cost so much at a stadium anywhere in the United States. Yet when they go on these extended negotiating sessions and things leak and agents talk and players talk and teams talk through agents or third parties, this is what you get. But what we got is baseball, I think, returned to its purest form. By the way, good morning. A lot to get to today. NFL free agency very much on the table. So, too, is Selection Sunday. But baseball gets top billing because, finally, the sides have come together. And they've returned the game to its purest form in the process. There will be no ghost runner on second base to start extra innings anymore. The single dumbest rule, really, that I've seen in baseball in its existence. There will be nine-inning doubleheaders. Seven-inning doubleheaders never really made any sense. I know baseball is struggling with its basic structure to try and get fans interested in its games again that seem to run on endlessly. Well, that's baseball, the only game played without a clock. And the DH is now universal, National League and American League. National League purists may not like it, but it makes the game more interesting. And while it may cut down on some of the strategy that a manager has to employ during the course of a game, at least it brings baseball all under one roof. So you don't have the nonsense of, well, if the game is played in an American League park, baseball is back, it's better, despite the catharsis that we all went through. But what do we have? Well, the Reds report today, they've been trickling in to Goodyear, Arizona, ever since the announcement was made on Thursday. They're beginning to trickle into camp on Friday and Saturday. Today is mandatory reporting day, and there's not a lot of time to waste. The exhibition games begin this coming Friday. So we'll get to see in the process, really, if pitchers need all that extra time to get ready for a major league season. We may also see that some of these spring training sites that have popped up all around Florida and Arizona, we may find that uh, spring training may not be as long a process as it's been before. And the investments that these cities have made in these glorious spring palaces may not have the payoff they think they would have had if baseball had not gone on this lockout and figure out in the process that you know maybe we don't need 
30 exhibition games. Maybe we don't need two and a half weeks of buildup until a team plays an exhibition game. We'll find out. That's an economic uh, challenge for another day. But anyway, as I said, the exhibition games begin Friday. It has been a hectic 36 hours. Joey Votto talking about that as he reported to Goodyear on Friday. Yeah, it happened so quickly, but I'm glad to be back for sure. What was the last week like for you? Uh, mostly just training and staying ready. Um, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, physically, off-season training-wise, any, any different, any changes, anything like that? No, I feel good. Forward to play. Fully healthy, you're ready to go for everything? Yeah. And what's it going to be like just trying to ramp up so quickly? Games are starting soon. Will that be different? No, I don't think so. I, I think... Um, in 2020, when we had the abbreviated spring training, the real challenge was a lack of, like, uh, to me, was a lack of competition. You know, we were competing against ourselves as opposed to being in this complex and being able to compete against other teams. So I think the abbreviated spring training may affect some people, so I can't speak for everyone, but I think, I think I'll think i be okay. And one last thing, how do you feel about the team you guys have right now? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we, we competed really well last year, and um, we have to graduate from there we'll see what they put on the field to start the season opening day obviously april the 7th and on the road as you look around the reds roster it's okay it's not great its best player has been ex extracted its best player from last year is gone nick castellanos will sign as a free agent and the reds admitted yesterday they've had no contact with him in the offseason or since they've been allowed to talk with him before the lockout and after the lockout He's going someplace else. But they have the rookie of the year at second base. At uh, first base, they have the aging, but still last year effective Joey Votto. At third base, a Eugenio Suarez. At shortstop, well, it most probably will be to start this season, although, you know, you never know. Kyle Farmer, we'll see what comes up behind him. And in the outfield, the question mark is, who's out there besides Jesse Winker? I mean, finally, will Nick Senzel realize his potential? It has not been anywhere close to what we were led to believe. And Tyler Naquin, will he approach what he's been able to do here the last couple of years? Right now, he looks like he's the starting right fielder with Aristides Aquino and Shogo Akiyama plugged in here and there. It's not a great team. It's not a bad team. It's kind of a team that will flop around somewhere below or just above 500. That is, if they keep the team intact. Because there's been great talk in the offseason and before the actual lockout of maybe one of those big three in the starting rotation going somewhere else. Already this week, rumors had popped up about Tyler uh, Malley going to the Mets for some sort of starting outfielder unnamed at this point. Luis Castillo has been mentioned in trades. Sonny Gray has been mentioned in trades. And after the big three, there's not much going on. Vlad Gutierrez, okay, not exactly excited about him. Who's the fifth starter? And where do Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo fit into all of this equation? It's a good team. It's not a great team. It's a team you'd look at right now and say, I don't see that team playing in the playoffs later this year, even if the playoffs have been expanded by a couple of teams. Still, here's what 
Dan Zimborski had to say about this team a couple of weeks ago. We had him on the show, and he does. He's great with projections and normally is spot on as to what he thinks a player will do in a season given what that player did the year before. He was talking about that when we had him on the show about three or four weeks ago. Here's part of what he had to say. The Reds have some needs and they have some weaknesses, and it's sometimes a little hard to tell just how determined they are to trade a starting pitcher that can kind of make the projection significantly worse. There, there are some things they have to do. I don't really know how much they are going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, if, if they follow what most baseball teams do, you go to spring training, you got a starting pitcher. Uh, if he's not dealt by spring training, somebody like Gray or, or Castillo could be gone in midseason, depending on how the team performs. But okay. Let's just say, let's just analyze what they have right now. Nick Castellanos is gone. I don't know who's playing out in the outfield besides Jesse Winker. Uh, they were a very good t- catcher in Stevenson. They're overcrowded at third base with Moustakis and Suarez. They have a terrific second baseman and an aging first baseman who still has gas left in the tank. Uh, other than pitching, what am I missing here about the everyday eight? I, I think they do need another outfielder. And the problem, of course, is that uh, Nick Castellanos is probably the perfect fit for the Reds right now. So it's, it's not a, that exciting that he's that he opted out and, and moved on. Uh, I don't think the Reds are going to seriously make a, a runner re-signing him because they do need a better option out there. Now, the Moustakis thing will probably take care of itself simply because it seems very likely that uh, NL will adopt the DH. And that's, that's kind of the perfect place for Moustakis. Yeah. Who's you know up there? He's getting up there. I I'm glad that I'm old enough that I can say that baseball players are getting up there in age. It seemed weird when I was younger than them, uh, but they they do need an outfielder. I do think they need another pitcher. I wasn't a fan of how the whole Wade Miley situation was dealt with, uh, but the NL Central is not the strongest division. It's not the AL East. There are no Dodgers at the top of the division, so they do have an opportunity. They do if they can figure out the outfield. And I think the wild card there is Nick Senzel. I mean, if this is like waiting for Godot, waiting for this guy to do something in the <laughs> outfield. You're not particularly high on him, and I know a lot of this is based off of last year, which was a, you know, an injury disaster for him. But, you, you know, you project him at 255 uh, on base at about 316 and not great power numbers. Uh, you're going to stick a guy out in center field, don't you? I mean, unless he's Mickey Rivers, don't you have to have some decent power? Yeah, that, that's the question. I think one of the other questions with the Reds is how good Tyler Naquin is because he had a terrific season, and that's kind of a question mark out there because his record is a little hit and miss. Uh, the problem with Fidel is he's missed a lot of time with injury over the years. It's, it's hurt his development. He, he's going to be 27 this year, yeah. but it doesn't feel like he's really had that much development time still uh, between, the again, the injuries and – the shuttle up and down to the minors, the team never really committing to have a spot for him. I still think there's a chance he's, he can contribute to the team, but I'm just not sure at this point. Dan Zimborski, Fangraphs.com, on this uh, Reds team just a couple of weeks ago. A lot of things can happen. Joey, uh, Joey Votto could still come back. Um, Pocota, which is a baseball metric used by BaseballPerspectus.com, Again, uh, they have Joey Votto getting his power back. Suarez hitting uh, about about 35 home runs in uh, in less than 100 games played, and Aristides Aquino also hitting for power.
power as well. Shortstop's an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting position. Kyle Farmer acquitted himself okay at that position. But waiting in the wings is a very young Jose Barrero. And whether or not he pushes Farmer in the offseason, we'll see. We'll see. A good team, not a great team, but a team that's back on the field as of today with exhibition games on Friday. Try as it might, Major League Baseball still hasn't run its fans off. That's the latest on baseball. We'll get into some football and also Selection Sunday as we cruise along between now and noon. Glad you are with us. It's Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 700 WLW. You till the ground, you plant the seed, you water and nurture the plant, you watch it grow, and then in the prime of its life, you kill it and eat it. Many people ask how I could eat the very carrot, cucumber, or cauliflower I so lovingly gave life to. We discuss that and the morality of other plant-based decisions during the Vegetable Eaters podcast. There are a lot of shows to listen to these days. Make sure it's a show worth your time. I suggest The Scott Sloan Show. Look, I'm about the real stuff. You have the problems and the issues that actually affect you. But I also make sure we have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. New Chevrolet's in stock waiting for you at Columbia Chevrolet. Silverado. Very dangerous in your home. It could be hiding in a closet or waiting in the basement. It's not sharp or toxic or flammable. Yet it helps send more people to the trauma center than any other household item. Uh, hey, hon, do me a favor and uh, hold the ladder for me. Uh, I have a better idea. Let's just call somebody to clean the gutters. <sighs> to scoop out a few leaves? I'll be down in a heartbeat. Whoa! Uh, no! Using a ladder might seem easy. Misusing one is even easier. Ask any of the 150,000 people who fell off their ladders into the trauma center last year alone. Don't let a do-it-yourself project do yourself in. For tips on ladder safety, visit orthoinfo.org. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep your bones safe, strong, and well-connected. 700 WLW. Welcome back to the festivities. I am Ken Brew. All the way back in 1976 with just a sprinkle of Frankie Valley. Here were the Four Seasons. And they went to number one. Only they did it in March of 76. Gerald Polchi was their lead singer on this song. Valley had, uh, I guess, moved on to a solo career, but still lent his talents to the Four Seasons. And if you haven't seen the movie or the show, Jersey Boys has been out there, my gosh, for a very long time, almost 15 years. Really entertaining, really entertaining show. If it ever does make its way back here through Cincinnati. All right, it is uh, eventually going to warm up in greater Cincinnati. It will begin somewhat today. Yesterday was just flat out raw. Today, 49 for the high. And partly cloudy. Just see the cloudy at this point, not the partly. Tomorrow, 60 and partly cloudy. Tuesday, 65 and partly cloudy. It'll be 71 on Thursday, best day of the week coming up. Uh, 49 degrees is our projected high today, and we're still working on that because we're only at 24 degrees. But when we reach that high, 
you'll know we've achieved it. 24 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station, News Radio 700 WLW. All right, on the show today from CBSSports.com, he covers the NFL for a living, and he's a local guy nonetheless. John Breach is going to join us to talk about Bengal free agency. Then down the road, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports, Selection Sunday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe join u.s customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself learn more at cbp.gov careers and uh whether or not xavier still has a chance they were percolating as one of the last four in as of last night uh there is a still an outside chance they get in depends on what happens today also on the show today, Anthony Treish will talk draft, but marry it with free agency because that's how the Bengals have to approach all of this hand-in-hand. Hand. And finally, Russell com on the settlement and baseball getting back to pure baseball. But just a second on, on free agency. It's kind of amusing to me because if you go on Twitter, you see all of these opinions about how the Bengals should spend their cap money uh, where that money should go, who they should sign, who they should trade for. The, um, I guess the, the trade of, of choice right now, or the, 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 the current taste in trade, is Lael Collins of the Cowboys. He, is, he apparently is on the block. He's a tackle. The Cowboys want to shed payroll. He is not all that expensive when you put it in NFL dollars. And the Bengals are, are looking, obviously, for help along the offensive line. They have other ways they can go along the offensive line, and we've seen some of these scenarios pop up over the course of the last few weeks. Um, Laramie Tunsil, he of the uh, of the draft day uh, gas mask incident, is apparently available for trade. Um, if you if you go through free agency, Ryan Jensen who has experience in the AFC North. He's been down in Tampa blocking for Tom Brady the last couple of years. He's a center. Uh, he would make somewhat of, of sense to begin rebuilding that offensive line. Let's face it, the, the, I, I, I fully expected what I heard from Zach Taylor at the Combine, fully expected what I heard from Duke Tobin at the Combine about the Bengals' offensive line in 2021. They've got to say that. But they know down deep, and so does anybody else that watched that team, that unless they keep number nine upright, they're not going anywhere. And so it begins and it ends with the ability to block. Now, Jonah Williams is very good, and he's versatile. If they were to somehow sign a left tackle in free agency, he could slide back over to the right. 
Trey Hopkins, very versatile. He can play the guard position. He has played it. He's their current center. But after that, I don't know what you got. Jackson Carmen, I think the book's out on that dude. We'll see exactly whether or not he develops into what they think he's going to develop into. Uh, they had other guard problems, and right tackle was just not consistent. Riley Reef did not finish the season, and what did finish the season simply wasn't good enough. And they were very lucky to escape that game against the Rams without Joe Burrow sustaining a major knee injury once again. So they, they've got to get better on the offensive line. So I kind of I laugh when I see on Twitter, well, you know, if there's a cornerback available, they got to go for him. Or, you know, if there's an edge rusher, they got to go for him. And, you know, I know, I know all of that uh, is needed. I know all of that is important. But what I don't know is whether or not that's a luxury that they can afford at this point. So it's got to be offensive line. I raise all of this because this week, beginning at 4 o'clock tomorrow, is when agents of players can begin negotiating with teams to see if it is a free agent fit. Wednesday of this week is when players can actually sign with those teams. And so you're going to hear, you've heard, certainly, you've heard a lot of smoke. There will be a little bit more fire this week. But if I'm the Bengals, and I know what I need, and I know what I didn't have last year, I start building that offensive line, and I build it from the inside out. I don't necessarily get worried about trying to go out and grab a tackle. You know, the 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 uh, the, the the tackle that's going to attract the most attention is Teron Armstead of the Saints. He is going to carry a hefty, hefty price. The Bengals can afford it, but they can't get to these other problems that they have along the offensive line and possibly otherwise, otherwise, if they just go all in on a guy and ignore these other positions. I, I look at Jensen. I, I really do. Um, I would not get rid of Trey Hopkins. I think Hopkins, again, can slide inside and play guard. I look at cornerback if it's out there and somebody that I can't afford. And this is going and, and this is going to be a very dicey proposition in this sense for Cincinnati. It is for any team, but particularly for Cincinnati. You have a team that's very close in that locker room. It was a tight team this year. Everybody got along. And that chemistry is so elusive for so many different teams in this league. Chemistry is so important. When you introduce a new player into a locker room, that has not only had great chemistry, but success, you run the risk of maybe pulling that locker room the wrong way. We've seen free agents come into this town and do more harm than good. Sam Adams would come to mind. T.O. would come to mind. So it's not necessarily so much as the talent you add at that position. It's also how does that talent fit into what appears to be a great locker room. So whether it's any of those guys, whether it's Gronk, it doesn't matter. That's a key thing right now. But they have to get better talent-wise as well, particularly on the offensive line. Or whatever happened this past season, its chance of being replicated goes down. 9.30, time for the news. News Radio 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. 
News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. A mass execution in Saudi Arabia, but first, the latest from Ukraine. With the 930 report, I'm Sandy Collins. Breaking now, Ohio Senator Rob Portman is in Poland today with a bipartisan group of elected officials reaffirming the U.S. commitment to the people of Ukraine and Poland and meeting with members of the 82nd Airborne. Let's get the latest now from ABC News. Russia has expanded its attacks on Ukraine, including an overnight strike on a military base in the western part of the country where aid from Western countries has been arriving. ABC's Maggie Rooley has more from Lviv. Ukrainians say Russian warplanes fired 30 missiles, 22 intercepted, 8 hitting this military base near the Polish border in Yavoriv, where American forces were recently training the Ukrainian army as part of a NATO mission, killing at least 35 people, wounding 134. The attack escalating tensions between Russia and NATO coming just one day after Russia vowed to treat all arms shipments to Ukraine from NATO countries as legitimate targets for military action. President Biden Saturday authorized an additional $200 million in U.S. military aid for Ukraine. Elected officials in Poland warned they're in danger of not being able to handle the flow of refugees. More than two and a half million people have fled Ukraine since the invasion, many of them crossing the border into Poland. Brian Clark. ABC News. Checking the latest traffic and weather together here on the big one. If you're coming up the cut in the hill, things are moving well. Traffic is light this morning. Good driving conditions and no crashes reported. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Warmer and clearing throughout the day and windy, high 48. Mostly clear nights, low 36. Monday is warmer with partly cloudy skies, high 60, even warmer throughout the week. From your severe weather station, I'm nine first warning forecaster, Raven Richard, News Radio 700 WLW. We've got a line of some light snow showers from Brookville Lake, uh, straight down south through Versailles and into Vivi and Carrollton, Kentucky, and it is slowly approaching Cincinnati right now. Again, just light snow flurries. Temperature is 24 degrees at News Radio 700 WLW. Overseas, a shocking story out of Saudi Arabia. Yesterday, the government there reports it publicly executed 81 men. They claim for crimes tied to terrorism and for deviant beliefs. Al Jazeera News says it's the largest mass execution known in Saudi Arabia. The uh, missing child alert in Fort Wright continues. Police say the two-year-old is believed to be with his father, Merrill Jennings. The last time they were seen was Friday about 6 p.m., They'd been staying at the Days Inn Motel in Fort Wright. This biracial child is three feet tall, 26 pounds. He was last wearing khaki dinosaur pants, a maroon shirt, and gray and yellow coat. The dad was driving a white Chevy Trailblazer. If you see them, call Fort Wright Police with information. It was... um an oven that exploded at Pops Donuts in Miami Township, Claremont County yesterday. The force of the blast shattering the storefront windows about 10 last night. The owner reportedly turned on that oven and it blew up. The man's son believes it uh, was a gas leak that caused it. That man is now in the hospital recovering from burns. 700 WLW Sports. FC Cincinnati finally ending a 14-game losing streak, defeating Orlando City SC on the road 2-1 Saturday night. Both goals coming from Brandon Vasquez in the 13th minute and the game winner in the 53rd minute. Vasquez's goals are also the first two for the Orange and Blue this season. FC Cincy returning home this upcoming Saturday to face Inter-Miami. Kickoff from TQL Stadium is at 1 o'clock. I'm Sean Gallagher.
News Radio 700. WLW. High school basketball. Congratulations, Purcell Marion girls team winners of the Division Three state title. College basketball. The Wildcats fall to Tennessee, 69-62. Purdue over Michigan State, 75 to 70. Richmond beat the UD Flyers, 68-84. Uh, make that. Uh... Looks like 68-64. It was Selection Sunday today, and the bracket for the NCAA basketball tournament begins at 6 o'clock tonight. Xavier still has a shot. Apparently, Kentucky does as well. The first four begins in Dayton at UD Arena this Tuesday and Wednesday. Tickets are on sale now. Then round one of March Madness begins on St. Patty's Day. I'm Sandy Collins. Next news at 10 on News Radio 700 WLW. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 700 WLW, an iHeartRadio station. Rising per 37. Welcome back. Yes, I said 9:37. Daylight saving time. Isn't this the? I mean, it's a. I understand why daylight saving time. Uh, was around back in the bad old days. I understand that uh, it helped farmers. I understand that it sold more golf clubs and people could play tennis at 7, 8 o'clock at night and all that. But, I mean, hasn't it outlived its usefulness to what it does to your body clock? You know, I, I, don't, I don't... I'm sure there's a compelling argument to not do away with it or to not go to one consistent... I would go to daylight saving time the entire year. The entire year, because I think most of us agree we'd rather have sunlight later in the day than we would perhaps earlier in the day. But I just because well, because kids are out of school um, during the summertime, there's more to do. There's more sports league. It's generally warmer during the summertime. So keep daylight saving time, but don't bounce back and forth. Anyway, if you're saying, why is the man saying it's well now nine nine forty? It's because it's spring ahead. Uh, don't want to go any further without mentioning this huge win for FC Cincinnati last night. This is a team that's been an easy target. Uh, it's taken on a lot of water because of, frankly, just a poorly run front office historically. Uh, they've made the changes, hopefully, in that front office over the over the past year that is going to lead it to the success that we came to know when it was in the USL. But they went to Orlando last night and came away with a 2-1 to win. Brandon Vasquez scored both Cincinnati goals. Uh, Luciano Acosta and Dominique Baggi had the assists. This was a game that Orlando dominated, but Cincinnati counterpunched. I mean, the keeper that uh, FC Cincinnati has this season, Alec Kahn, uh, was just terrific last night. Just terrific. I think he, I think he had uh, five or six saves he had to make. So, 2-1, you win. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So, go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You're one and two, and uh, you see a little bit of what your new head coach, Pat Noonan, has been preaching. Nothing better for a new head coach than success for players to buy into it. So I don't know if it continues, but after, what are they, what are they, they lose like 14 straight or something like that? I mean, 14 games without a win? Some crazy figure. They they played very well last night. Watching that match, I'm saying this is a, this is a, this is a completely different team from what we saw two weeks ago. The effort that they gave last week should have resulted in a win, and it did not. And I said then, I said, if this team plays that way every single game, it's going to win a lot of games. One, you know, one last night. So uh, congratulations to FC Cincinnati. 2-1 winners last night in Orlando against Orlando City SC. NFL free agency begins on Wednesday. That's when players can sign. But in essence, it starts tomorrow when agents can begin negotiating with teams. The Bengals would seem to be in a position with their salary cap number to be prime players this year, and particular for their offensive line. There are choices they can make, and it may not be the obvious one. Standing by, he's a Cincinnati guy. They used to say that he was Jim Breach. A little free agency in the NFL. John Breach, how are you on this glorious Sunday? I am doing fantastic, Ken. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to hear your voice again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy the way things are developing. You and I were visiting off the air about the AFC West and just how stacked that division is now. Of course, the news breaking late last week that Khalil Mack is now with the Chargers by way of a trade with the Bears. I mean, those teams in that division are just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it really feels like an arms race in that division. You have the the Broncos saying, all right, well, how are we going to keep up with the Chiefs? We need a quarterback, so we're going to trade for Russell Wilson. Then you have the Chargers thinking, well, we finished third place in the division because we can't slow down any of these quarterbacks, so <laughs> we need to add somebody on defense. So we get Khalil Mack, so it does feel like it, it, it's an arms race that impacts the rest of the AFC because the other teams kind of need to keep up because they're going to have to uh, play these AFC West teams in the playoffs. Your, your compadre there at uh, CBS Sports, Pete Prisco, listed his 100 top free agents. Um, Teron Armstead from the Saints, tackle number one. Number two, Von Miller with the Rams. Uh, and number three, J.C. Jackson with the Patriots. Now, Armstead and Jackson have both been linked. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the guys where you have you have that tampering period in the 48 hours leading up to free agency. And a lot of times we'll see those first wave of free agents go off the board quickly. So we're talking uh, they're not even going to be available by the time free agency kicks off. Um, and you know what? It, those are the guys. Those are the home runs. It, 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 you want to hit home runs. The Bengals have enough cap room to hit home runs. But if you don't get them, you don't fret because there are a lot of other options out oh. there. So Armstead, Jackson would both be great in Cincinnati, but you know there's other teams that have more cap space uh, that can win if you get in a bidding war. Uh, so yeah, obviously I think the Bengals would have eyes on two guys like that, but plenty of other free agents out there, especially at uh, defensive back and on the offensive line. Bengals are pretty good right now. They've got about thirty-four point six point seven million in cap space. I mean the Colts obviously after the Carson Wentz deal. 
uh, have 69, almost 70 million. But, I mean, uh, they're still a uh, top 10 team when it comes to cap space. They have the dough to be, to be players this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the teams with the most cap space, you know, you mentioned the Colts, the Dolphins have the second most, the Seahawks, Jets, Jacksonville are all above Cincinnati. But if you're a free agent, and you're looking at where you want to play and the teams that can offer you the most money. Uh, if I'm choosing between Jacksonville and Cincinnati, that's a no-brainer. You know, I'm going to the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And the same thing with the Jets. So there is an advantage to being where the Bengals are because besides Indianapolis, uh, I would say the Bengals have the most cap room and all, while also being the most attractive option to a free agent. Well, all out of the combine, we heard about how the, the buzz was uh, the, that these free agents want to come here and play for Cincinnati. Now, a name that, that popped out immediately was Rob Gronkowski. In fact, he even said he wanted to come here and play with Burrow, finish out his career here. I think his last year in New England, he was making around $9 million. He made $5 million, uh with the Buccaneers last year. I, I just, I, I mean, I, would I love to see him? I think he's a great player, but you got to be careful with who you bring in. Not that he'd be a bad apple, but you got good team chemistry right here. You got a lot of players here that like playing with each other. So when you go shopping for free agents, they've got to fit in the culture here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the weird thing about hearing somebody like Gronk, a superstar, saying that he wants to play in Cincinnati or play with Joe Burrow is that, you know, most Bengals fans who have long memories, they remember that this was. Cincinnati was a black hole for free agents. No one wanted to come here for so long. And then so it, it, they're not used to the feeling of, hey, oh, my gosh, this, this guy who's a superstar with multiple super rings wants to play in Cincinnati. So I do think you do have to be careful bringing in the big personalities because you don't want to mess up the team chemistry. But I actually think someone like Rob Gronkowski uh, would be fantastic with the Bengals. Uh, he would help the offensive line. He gives Joe Burrow a huge target to look at. And, you know, I don't think he's going to cost. $15 million. We saw the contract he was playing on in Tampa Bay, which was uh, had a lot of incentives in it, and I could see the Bengals making a similar offer to that. Uh, they don't have to blow up the bank to get him. If somebody outbids them, they do, but I would at least make a run at Gronk and, and make an offer to him. But is he and C.J. Uzama, are they mutually exclusive? I mean, Uzama made just over $6 million last year. I mean, would you have... Could you have one and not have the other? Could you have both? I'm just... You know, I'm, ju I'm just wondering, Uzama was kind of like the heart and soul of this team. You signed Gronk, he's got to go away, doesn't he? Yeah, I think if you're going to sign Uzama, you're going to give him a, a pretty good contract. And I'm sure the Bengals will set some sort of budget up at tight end. And I'm guessing that that budget wouldn't be able to squeeze in both Gronkowski and Uzama. Uh, but I, I think you'll probably see them try and work out an extension with Uzama first. And, you know, he's going to want to probably test the free agent market as much as he loves being in Cincinnati. If you can get a huge contract somewhere else, you do get to a point where you're saying, wow, money is talking. I'm making millions more uh, in this new location versus staying in Cincinnati. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But if he does leave, yeah, that absolutely opens the door for someone like Brock to show up and, and maybe get signed. Who knows? All of what we, what we see this week will have an impact on the draft. Now, there are a number of ways the Bengals can go. We mentioned Armstead. He may be out of their price range. But they could go inside. I mean, there are plenty of players inside that look attractive. Brandon Scherf, uh, uh, an inside guy, a guard, played with uh, the, uh, the Washington football team the last couple of years. And they've also been linked to Ryan Jensen of, of the Buccaneers. I mean, if you're, if you're the Bengals, would a philosophy for you be, you know, 
inside because they're not going to really command the top dollar like an Armstead would, and then maybe take that right tackle position, maybe re-sign Riley Reef on a short-term deal, and draft there in, in round one of the draft. I mean, could you see that strategy? And if so, you think Scherfer Jensen is a better fit here? Well, I think that I do agree that the Bengals probably need to work from the inside out. So I'm starting with the center or the offensive guards, and, and the tackle is probably the third spot on my priority list. Because you have Jonah Williams can play left tackle, or maybe he plays right tackle uh, if you bring in a, a big-time left tackle. Uh, and I, I don't hate the idea of re-signing Riley Reef. I think the first thing they need to do, though, is get a big-time center in there. And Ryan Jensen would be a, an excellent choice if they can convince him to return to the AFC North. And Jensen obviously knows the division well because he was with the Ravens. And the Ravens even have a center, Bradley Bozeman, who is going to be a free agent. And that's somebody else the Bengals could look at. And I think Scherf is a big name, but he is going to cost a lot of money. The Bengals would have to write a huge check. But there are plenty of other guards out there who are going to be lower cost. Someone like uh, Lake and Tomlinson, the 49ers, Austin Corbett of the Rams. Uh, and you know what? Andrew Norwell went to Anderson High School. Yep. He's going to be a free agent uh, out of Jacksonville. So maybe uh, the Bengals could talk to him. So if they can't land someone like Scherf because it's just the bidding war, the bidding gets too high, there are plenty of other guards out there who they should be able to get uh, for a cheaper price than Scherf. John Breach, CBSSports.com, just uh, dropping the old hometown name there, Anderson. Anderson, uh, nice move on there. I picked that up. I don't know if any of us will. If they walk out of this free agency period with an inside guy, let's say they walk out with uh, Ryan Jensen and Gronkowski, would that surprise you? No, I, I think the Bengals realize that, hey, we have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. That's not going to last forever. We're going to eventually have to give him this monstrous extension. So you've got to win now. You've got the cap space to win now. You've got the infrastructure to win now. You've got just these kind of two huge needs. that If you can fill them, you really still feel like you're a Super Bowl contender. And so if they were to walk out a free agency with Ryan Jensen and Gronk and head to the draft, uh, I think they would be thrilled with that thing. Can you imagine who Burrow could – now, again, this is all predicated on him staying on his feet because, as, as we saw in the Super Bowl, a huge problem. You just imagine Gronkowski with that offense and all of the other things that Burrow has going for him. But if they go that route, they're, they're going to have to address tackle in the draft. There's no way in, in hell they can get out of that draft without dra- – out of that free agency period. You know, even if they sign Reap, you've got to get somebody – that can play outside long-term. There's got to be an answer there. If not at 31 overall, then certainly in that second round, right? they they got to get out of there with somebody that can play that position, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the interesting thing about the Bengals this year, again, is that so used to losing over the past five years before the Super Bowl season that Bengals fans are so used to the team picking in the top ten where you're kind of looking at your <laughs> biggest need and – yeah, you're going to yeah. get the best player. So, right. But you know what? You don't get that at 31. That's not an option. So I think when you're picking at the bottom of the draft, you're, you're targeting more of who is the most talented player available because you don't want to reach. If you're stuck with the fourth best tackle at 31, who's maybe the, the, the 47th ranked player in the draft, you don't want to take him at 31. So I, I do think they'll absolutely target an offensive lineman. But if that guy's not there because uh, all the good linemen, first-round linemen have been taken – they have a few other needs they can tight end, safety, cornerback maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say I'm about 80% sure they take an offensive lineman, but they don't have to uh, just because 
they do have a few other options, and because they're picking so low, they don't have to worry about reaching. Yeah. Read them right now, cbssports.com. John Breach, I'd say uh, have fun this week, but I know it's work, but it's good work. We'll, uh, we'll talk down the road. Thanks. Yep, thanks, Ken. Tell you, and trades, too, are are not uh, something that should be off the table. I know that the Cowboys have given permission to the agent of Lael Collins to seek a trade. This is this is a tackle that has been in the league since, well, he's been in the league a long time. Uh, signed a five-year, $50 million contract with the Cowboys, and um, he is still under the current terms of that. In 2022, he would cost you $10 million in base salary. That is a bargain for a guy that can walk in and uh, just start dropping blocks on people. I think his cap hit... In 2022, somewhere just north of 15 million. But the fact of the matter is, if you can get an established guy, now what would it take to get him away from Dallas? I don't think much. And he's got a history with the current offensive line coach here in Cincinnati, Frank Pollock. So that's still very much on the table for the Bengals, who have good cap space, great, great players at important positions. Joseph Asai is coming back off an injury. He ought to be a terrific edge rusher for them. Um, this is where they've got to fix it. All that other stuff is great. It makes for great reading and, and all that. And to, until they get this right, they don't advance, and they know it. They know it. Um, Joe Burrow took far too many hits over the first two seasons, and obviously a, a major knee injury. Uh, coming up down the road, we're going to be joined uh, by Pro Football Focus's Anthony Treesh. More on this. Baseball to talk about. 10.06 today. One of the great songwriters of our generation. J.D. Souther is going to join me. He's coming to town on 700 WLW. If Manny Ricardo had listened to those who called him a dreamer, he wouldn't have knocked on every agency's door. If he paid attention to those who said he was wasting his time, he wouldn't have spent countless hours perfecting his look. But because he never gave up, he got his big modeling break as the before picture in erectile dysfunction ads. That's the fighting spirit. The same fighting spirit Mike McConnell brings to your morning. The latest news, traffic, weather, and more tomorrow morning at 5 on 700 WLW. Everything's coming up Lawrenceburg. WLW presents Sunday Morning Sports Talk with your host Ken Brew on News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome back to the festivities. I am the aforementioned Ken Brew. Great to have you with us. It is Selection Sunday in college basketball. Looking at the latest uh, bracketology by Joe Lenardi, he has Xavier as one of the last four teams out at this point. They won, uh, were one of the last four in and destined to play on Tuesday's play-in games. But uh, right now, Lenardi, barring anything that may happen later today, he has them out. So we'll see exactly where he is. At 10.30 today, we will be joined by Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com. He is their bracketologist and try and figure out exactly what's going on here with uh, the final hours of the regular season coming to a close. Stay tuned, as we say in the business, for that. Right now, I want to introduce you to somebody who's one of the best singer-songwriters ever. His name is J.D. Souther, and he co-wrote this song for the Eagles. Before the night is through. 
J.D. Southard, Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and Bob Seger all combined to write this song. But in his time, he co-wrote Best of My Love, Victim of Love, Heartache Tonight, New Kid in Town, and How Long for the Eagles. Wrote a major hit for himself. Wrote some songs, a lot of songs actually, for Linda Ronstadt. Texas boy who left Amarillo, Texas and headed to Los Angeles at the tender age of 22 and seemed to find instant success. Now, J.D. Souther is bringing his talents to the Ludlow Garage this coming Thursday. J.D., how are you on this glorious Sunday? Uh, it is a beautiful day, and uh, thank you. I'm fine. How are you? I'm well, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited you're coming to town. Have Have you played in any way, shape, or form Cincinnati in your career? Not for a long, long time. Yeah. Not since I was out with rock and roll bands many years ago. Yeah. This, I think, is fascinating. So you're the son of a, of a big band singer, but you really, from what I'm told, didn't pick up any kind of instrument until you were about 10 or 11 years old. Am I right on that? Yeah, yeah, I waited until I was 10. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I started on, I, I was a classical music kid. I started on violin, and then I fell in love with jazz, and uh, I wanted to play tenor saxophone, but I was a really little kid. I didn't, really didn't grow tall until I was in high school, so tenor was just a little too big for me in the fourth grade. Yeah. So I learned to play clarinet, and then I discovered drums, and that's what I did until I moved to California, I never even held a guitar until I was 22. Until you were 22? And then when I got to California, the people I was hanging with were all playing uh, acoustic guitars and trying to write songs, and I just wasn't getting enough work as a, as a, as a jazz drummer yeah. to uh, support myself. So I started hanging out with these guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And we started doing it. I really liked it. Then went home to my father's music store in Texas and I need a guitar. And he said, gee, you've got a violin, a clarinet, two saxophones, and two sets of drums. Now you need a guitar? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the way it's going to go. And, <laughs> Did he give you a deal on it at least? Did he give you a good deal yeah. on the guitar? You <laughs> made me pay for it, but he gave me a very good deal. The, the scene you were in out there, it was a cacophony of different styles. You had blues, you had rock, you jazz, obviously there too, and... I mean, I, I, I'm sure you did. My understanding of this is is very fundamental. But I was watching the the Eagles special that was on a couple of years ago, and it made it sound like you guys were all in the same house or the same apartment complex. I mean, what was that like? Um, it was 
Jasper Brown and Glenn Fry and I lived in the same building for a while. <clears throat> Glenn and I lived uh, upstairs in this <laughs> crummy apartment, little apartment, and Jackson lived down below us in an even crummier apartment. <laughs> he got his deal with uh, David Geffen with Asylum Records, and they and they gave him a little bit of money, and he rented a little bungalow over by the Hollywood Bowl, and then he introduced me to David Geffen, and Geffen said, okay, you too, come on, he, go make a record. He gave me a little bit of money, and I got a, a bungalow that was just across the court from this little court called Camrose Court uh, from Jackson. And then we introduced uh, Glenn Fry to David, and uh, and he was already playing with uh, Don Henley. They were working as uh, Linda's backup band some of the time. Some of the times I was a drummer. Was very glad when Henley came along and I didn't have to play drums for my girlfriend anymore. <laughs> and so David Geffen said to Glenn, "Go put a band together." Boy, did he put a band together! Oh my gosh, my gosh. Glenn so, and I started working together in '69. Mm -hmm. So this is this is long before uh, the On the Border album, right? I mean, because Best of My Love was on on the it was '74 for that, right? Yeah, um, maybe maybe '73. I don't know. All I know is that it was our first gold record. Yeah. really proficient at folk music when he was before he was 20 mm -hmm. uh, Don is, as you know Henley is a great blues singer mm -hmm. he'd tell you in a minute that that's his style he's basically a blues singer yeah. and I had all this jazz influence and classical influences and Glenn was just Mr. Midwestern rock and roll Glenn was just one of the most rhythmic human beings I ever met so it was just a good team there's talk on the street, it sounds so familiar Great expectations, everybody's watching you you get to Hotel California, you've already got your first gold record in, with, with Best of My Love. So that had to make things a little bit easier. The collaboration had to be a little bit easier at that point. The label had to really believe in you guys at that point. And that's when it really started flowing, right? New Kid in Town. I think you wrote Vic, co-wrote Victim of Love on Hotel California. Yeah. Johnny, come late. Every 
we had our pre-album meeting before they started Hotel California. And, and I had had the chorus in this game account for about a year, actually. I'd been using it and jamming it with my band as just a rehearsal. Wow. But I really didn't have a, a story to go with it yet. I didn't have I didn't flesh out any details. And so we're at uh, Don and Glenn and I are at Glenn's house. And usual songwriting team stuff. Everybody throws something out. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And I played them that, and they both just went, dude, that's a, that's a hit chorus. Johnny, come lately. That's what you call co-writing, right? That's what you call co-writing. At its best, yeah. Somebody throws an idea out and the other uh, co-writers go, yeah, absolutely, that one. But to do, to do that with any success, though, you also have to be able to say, no, not that one. Because <laughs> everybody's got a whole bunch of ideas and they're not all great. Whether yeah. it's a songwriter that's mediocre on a good day or whether it's Bob Dylan, every everyone isn't. A jewel. So one of the great benefits of collaboration is you have this sort of very interested and constructive committee mm-hmm. listening to things. And we were highly competitive with each other too. I mean, we were really probably trying to write songs to show off for each other as much as anything else. We're chatting with JD South here live at the Ludlow Garage Thursday night. Um, I'm guessing on your set list, I've seen past set lists. It's been a while since anybody's been out on the road, but looking at, at your set list from before, you will sing You're Only Lonely, uh, which w- was your solo hit in 79. And I love that song for its simplicity. I guess in construction, would it be fair to say it's a simple song with a powerful message? Would that be fair? Oh, it's very, very simple. It's a nice chord. It's a full chord song. I wrote it actually in Colorado. I was renting a little cabin up between Netherlands and Rollinsville. I, I think I just wrote it one night in a few minutes, and I always thought of it as unfinished. And it is simple. I mean, it, it does have a compelling and sympathetic message, but it's really simple. And I just never thought it was done. And years later, when we were working on the, the album that was called "You're Only Lonely," uh, uh, Waddy Wachtel one one night. We were just sitting there and he goes, man, don't you have anything that's like, sounds like a single, up tempo? We've been in the studio for months. It seems like we got ballads, ballads, ballads. And I said, well, uh, yeah, I guess this little simple thing I wrote years ago in Colorado. I think I even played in something else first. And we both kind of went, nah, not that. And I said, well, what about this? I always just thought this song wasn't finished, so. I played it for him, and he's just looking at me, not saying anything. I said, see, so it doesn't have a bridge, and it doesn't have a chorus, and it doesn't even really have a third verse. And he just looked me straight in the eye and said, 
so sing the first verse again. And I, um, all right. And then we started playing it, and it, it just sort of, it sort of sounded like a hit, even then. You know? <laughs> It's amazing. I, 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 I have yet to figure out your business and what works and what doesn't work. It's so, it's so random. Well, that, that makes all of us. We were clearly in in the right place at the right time. Our group of friends. I mean, think about it. Everybody around us was. All my friends were great musicians. I mean, it was Don and and Glenn and, and Jackson know about, but also Warren Zealand, one of those brilliant songwriters yeah. ever. And the girl, my God, Linda Ronstadt, Bonnie Ray. It was just a very fortunate wow. time for us to all be. Wow. We all hung out the same place. Wrote this with uh, Mr. Mike Campbell and, and our good friend J.D. Souther, who, as you know, wrote a lot of the Eagles tunes with us. Well, I, I understand part of your set is that you will uh, relate some of the stories behind the songs and also a lot of what we talked about today. I can't wait to see you at the Ludlow Garage here in Cincinnati. J.D., this has been a trip. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, man. It's be nice to be back in Ohio. I got the call today that I didn't want to hear. Yet another song written by J.D. Souther. What a talent. Born in Michigan, spent a couple of years in Cleveland. Amarillo was where he spent most of his youth and then went out to L.A. And, well, you heard most of the rest of the story. Thursday night, Ludlow Garage. It's coming up on 1022. It's Sunday morning sports talk, and it's me and you on 700 WLW. Imagine traveling back in time to our nation's birth and going powdered wig shopping with George Washington and John Adams. That's the kind of patriotic thrill you get listening to me. Bill Cunningham, tomorrow at 12 noon on 700 WLW. I'm Bill Cunningham and I approve this message. Mentioned earlier, it has been a record month for Hoding Realtors, and they really have done some big-time business. For example, their agent, Tiffany Lang, had a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath, Cape Cod and Pleasant Ridge, big covered porch, oversized garage, hardwood floors, went under contract in one day. The Lisa Eibold team listed a stylish four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath, two-story with contemporary flair in Westchester. It's still active. Brian Baisley, a three-bed, two-and-a-half-bath, bi-level in Delhi, under contract in one day. Folks, if you want to get your real estate sold like you need to call Hoding Realtors right now. Here's their phone number. Area code 513-793-4800. If you're looking for a house, Hoding is going to have it for you, and they will have it for you at the best value. Call them. 
513-793-4800 or on the internet, hoding with an E.com. When at Odors, visit odorexit.com. Get 15% off using coupon code WLW. Welcome back, 700 WLW Sunday Morning Sports Talk. I am Ken Brew. Great to have you with us. Down the road, we've got Anthony Treesh, ProFootballFocus.com. More on your Cincinnati Bengals as free agency begins uh, in earnest tomorrow. Uh, by the way, 49 for the projected high today out there. Partly cloudy. We have seen the sun. We have seen the sun. Uh, 61 and partly cloudy tomorrow. Tuesday, 65 and partly cloudy. Partly cloudy right through Thursday. And Thursday, the high will be 70. I've often said there's nothing better than a high of 70. We're at 27 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station. News Radio 700 WLW. Now, I mentioned the... Um, I mentioned that uh, Anthony Trish is going to join us. There's so many rumors out there right now about the National Football League and players and where they may wind up. At the epicenter, it appears to be Deshaun Watson, who, um, at least from a legal standpoint, from a uh, civil standpoint, it's it's another matter, but from a criminal standpoint, seems to have dodged uh, all of those uh, problems that he had with regards to sexual uh, assault and... Um, now, uh, pending approval by the commissioner, would be free to play again in the National Football League. Uh, the Carolina Panthers appear to be the favorites to land him, according to ProFootballTalk.com. But he's only one of the um, of the the um, players that uh, is at the epicenter of all of these rumors. Of course, this week it was it was uh, crazy, particularly with Russell Wilson. And uh, Khalil Mack changing teams. Um, it's amazing that uh, there is a uh, uh, um, uh, an act that will be even better than that. Watson really is in the driver's seat now because he has a no trade clause, so he can veto any any potential trade. Um, then there's also Jarvis Landry, who allegedly has been told by the Cleveland Browns, "We're done with you." That uh, we don't we don't want you 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 got permission to seek a trade, and the Browns are turning around, and apparently are going to get Amari Cooper, the wide receiver who um, well, I guess the Cowboys are done with. It looks like uh, the Cowboys have agreed to a deal with the Browns, Cooper, and a sixth rounder to Cleveland for a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick. So Amari Cooper to Cleveland, and then there's this story that's percolating that Baker Mayfield may be on the move, and that one of the destinations for Baker Mayfield may be Tampa. So there's 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 everything is in flux. Trades are out there to be made. We talked about the Bengals and and potential landing spots for the Bengals, and uh, maybe uh, a player like, for example. Leo Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. There's there's a lot that's going to happen starting at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, culminating with free agent signing at uh, signings at four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. But mixed in between could be more of these trades. That Russell Wilson deal, it, it not only shook up the NFL, it made the AFC West 
like the quarterback conference and maybe the most dominant conference on paper in the NFL in 2022. So stand by for anything. The Bengals normally don't play. They normally don't play on first day free agency. They normally don't play trade in the offseason. But I just sense with what they know they've got to do with Burrow that you may see a flurry of stuff happening between now and Wednesday afternoon. If you don't, to me, that would be concerning. It really would be. I mean, you, you can only do so much and get so much in a draft. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And it would appear that uh, it would appear that the Bengals have to play it both ways. And again, there's a lot of chatter out there. I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago. There, I think there are at least a dozen podcasts now about the Bengals that are out there, and every one of the people doing those podcasts, and each and every one of them are very good. I I, I think they they really take time to research what they talk about, but they have to have something to talk about. And so you hear, well, they're, they're looking at this cornerback, or they're, you know, an edge rusher, maybe who they're who they're looking at in round one. You know, I, I, all of that's great. You can't get better by standing still, but you don't get better unless you protect your quarterback. Joe Burrow has taken an inordinate amount of hits, let alone sacks, in his first year and a half in the league. And the more you hit a guy, the more it takes a cumulative effect. And I think the last thing anybody wants to see is Joe Burrow having his potential cut short because of the amount of, of abuse that he's taken. And the NFL is is ripe with examples of quarterbacks that came in, first overall, first round, whatever, and um, they never really got to where everyone think, thought they would get because they were just battered. So I think any conversation about this offseason – begins and ends with the offensive line. And all of that other stuff, great, but not until you take care of the business you got to take care of. Our business next is news. After that, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports. It's Selection Sunday on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. 
News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Vladimir Putin and the Russians yeah. seem to be uh, saying everything is escalatory, and yet they're escalating every single day. This is the 1030 Report. I'm Sandy Collins. Breaking now, that's Ohio Senator Rob Portman this morning from Poland on CNN's State of the Union. He said he does not understand why the U.S. doesn't provide the planes needed by Ukraine to fight the Russians and commented that it didn't seem to be any worse than the helicopters and Stinger missiles that we've already sent. For the latest now, here's ABC News. One of Russia's overnight strikes on a military facility in Ukraine left at least 35 people dead and 134 hurt. But this was one of the first major strikes in western Ukraine, not far from the border with Poland, a NATO member. And it came after a Russian official said it considers military aid shipments to Ukraine legitimate targets. ABC's Mary Alice Parks says President Biden authorized a new aid package worth $200 million on Saturday. We are told this new package will include funding for small arms, anti armor anti-aircraft systems the pentagon insisting that these sorts of weapons are having an impact now it is noteworthy that there is no mentions of planes here the white house said last week other weapons can get into ukraine faster than jets and russia could view planes as escalatory pope francis today decried what he called the barbarianism of the attacks as more than two and a half million people have fled ukraine since the fighting began some polish officials warned their cities aren't able to handle many more refugees Brian Clark, ABC News. And this just in from the New York Times. It appears that a uh, former, at least a, a correspondent for the New York Times, a 51-year-old man, an award-winning filmmaker, has been killed in Ukraine. The New York Times is saying that Brent Renault was not on assignment for the Times, but uh, he was in Ukraine and has been killed. We'll have more on this developing story as it comes in. Latest traffic and weather together now here on the big one. Looking at good driving conditions today. No accidents reported and no highway delays. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Warmer and clearing throughout the day and windy, high 48. Mostly clear night, low 36. Monday is warmer with partly cloudy skies, high 60, even warmer throughout the week. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning Forecaster, Raven Richard, News Radio 700 WLW. Radar is clear here in the tri state right now. We're at uh, 26 degrees. News Radio 700 WLW. Police are looking for the father of a two year old boy reported missing out of Fort Wright, Kentucky. Merrill Jennings was last seen Friday about 6 p.m. with his son, Kieran, at the Days Inn in Fort Wright. They left earlier in the day in the 2006 white Chevy Trailblazer for a destination unknown. Anyone who knows their whereabouts is asked to call Fort Wright Police. It was an oven that exploded at Pops Donuts in Claremont County yesterday. The force of that blast shattering their storefront windows at about 10 last night. The owner reportedly turned on that oven when it blew up, and the man's son believes that a gas leak caused it. That man is in the hospital recovering from burns. If you are one of the 107 million riders of Kings Island's racer, you may be excited to hear the longest, fastest wooden coaster in the U.S. for many years is getting a paint job. Returning it to its original red, white, and blue colors for its 50th anniversary this year. Kings Island opens to season pass holders 
April 15th and a day later for other guests. Reds update with the Reds. Will the Reds all-star Nick Castellanos return to the Reds? After opting for free agency last year with over $34 million left on his contract, the Reds say they have not engaged with the hitter's reps. And in the NFL, the Cowboys are trading Amari Cooper to the Browns. His trade follows Russell Wilson's to the Broncos, Carson Wentz to the Commanders, and Khalil Max to the Chargers. I'm Sandy Collins. Next news at 11 on News Radio 700 WLW. Now it's more important than ever to have quality health. Now, later on tonight, who's in, who's out? We know pretty much who's in. Some teams, though, still on the bubble. And uh, the updated bracket from CBSSports.com and Jerry Palm came out at 2 a.m. today. 2 a.m. Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Kansas, the number one seeds. Standing by is a man who will be writing up a storm between now and the end of the day. Here he is from CBS Sports, Jerry Palm. Jerry, good morning. How are you on this glorious day? Uh, I'm all right, but uh, I don't think I updated that bracket at 2 a.m. because there was no 2 a.m. last night. Oh! <laughs> Three. <laughs> you know, wrong I... with the time stamps. I I I I I rounded. It says one fifty eight a.m. So you oh, sly dog. Yeah, so two oh, minutes to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> what were you doing up at one fifty eight a.m.? A man of your means should have minions that should do that. What I, are you doing up at that? I, uh, nobody, first of all, would want to be my minion because I keep ridiculous <laughs> hours. And um, yeah, it's. Uh, I was I was writing and I told my editor I was writing the column for the bracket. And I said, he said, can you get it to me by two? And I said, no, but I'll try for three. <laughs> Very good. Well played. Well played. You got Xavier uh, as a first four in as a 12 team, a 12 seed as a first four in. Um, Xavier is, I mean, they've lost, I think, eight of their last 10. So all of this is, is predicated, obviously, by what they did before that. But are they the shakiest mm-hmm. of the first four in as you, could, as you would look at it? Yeah, they're my last team in, dead last. So, um, they are fortunate that the committee no longer considers specifically how you finish the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that used to be like 15 years ago, they did away with it, but that used to be part of the criteria. Right. Um, now they've just damaged themselves significantly by how they finish the season. So, you know, they started out 16 and five. I mean, some of these losses, they lost to Butler, they lost to the Paul, you know, those are the games that hurt you the most. Um, they beat UConn in that stretch. So that's good. It did yeah. pick up a quality win along the way that, I actually happened to be at that game, so mm-hmm. I need to go more often. But um, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, watching the end of that Butler game, um, you know, that's, if they don't make it, they're really going to regret how they finished that game. But there's a lot of regret over these last few weeks um, yeah. if they don't make the tournament. I, I guess the, the early win over Ohio State, even though it was a home court win, would probably be their signature win right now. Um, no, well, they've got five quadrant one wins. That's one of them. Um, I would say that probably Connecticut is better, uh, but uh, whatever whatever decent team they beat away from home, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry, um, but is uh, would be better than either, any of those home wins. Yeah, um, the, 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 there there has to be a scenario that they're looking at that you're looking at today that would KO them. What's the scenario today that could just end it for them? Uh, Richmond winning the Atlantic 10 because mm-hmm. Davidson is an at-large team, but Richmond is not. And so if Richmond wins that, then the Atlantic 10 will put two teams in the tournament. Wow. Um, and if, uh, if Davidson wins, it'll only be one. And Xavier still has a chance to get on a bus and go to Dayton. 
Yeah, the the game everybody clamor, clamors for at any other time during the year except this time. As you look at, at these teams, what team has done the best to feather its nest since these conference tournaments began? Texas A&M. Mm. Um, beat Florida in an 8-9 game, which was an elimination game for those teams, and then goes out and beats Auburn, um, you know, which would, would have been a number one seed if not for that, and then goes out and beats Arkansas, one of the hottest teams in the country, and uh, now gets a chance to play for the SEC championship today uh, against uh, not Kentucky, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know a chance to, to pick up you know a third quality win in this tournament, but also you know erase any doubt about possibly being at large. Although I don't think there is any anymore. Well, let's talk a little bit about Kentucky. You mentioned the Tennessee beat them yesterday by seven in the semis. Um, this is a team, I watch Kentucky a lot, it infuriates me. Uh, I, I it, Some nights <laughs> it looks like it's going to be the guy, the champ. Other nights it looks like they can't get out of their own way. Very inconsistent team, not just offensively, but defensively at times doesn't play well at, uh, without the ball, but there are two seed right now in, in your seeding. Yep. Um, I mean, you've envisioned this coming together for them in the next three weeks, or where do you see Kentucky? Well, I will just say that they are good enough to win the whole thing. Now, there's seven or eight teams that are capable of putting together six games in a row that are good enough to win the whole thing, and Kentucky is certainly one of them. Now, at times this year, Kentucky's not been healthy. I believe they are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, healthy Kentucky. Uh, but I think the fact that they've had guys in and out of the lineup uh, due to injuries has probably hurt their ability to be consistent because they're not, you know, you, you start playing together and then a few games later somebody's out and then you start playing together and yeah, it's just been kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, but, you know, at their best, you know, they've got the college player of the year in, in Oscar Shibwe. Yeah. Uh, their backcourt is terrific. You know, the talent is there. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, putting it all together and, you know, you know, keep everybody healthy and stay out of foul trouble. I watched him. It, it was earlier in February. It was actually it was a Super Bowl weekend. I watched them play against Florida, and I'm thinking this no, team's I'm, that un- game too. It, I, I'm thinking this game is unstop. This team's unstoppable. Yeah. And then I turn yeah, around and good. I see, I see him in Arkansas, and Arkansas is a good team. I'm not trying to run Arkansas down, but and it was no. a road game, but still I'm looking at it, and it was like a team that was night and day. Yeah. Well, and part of that, certainly with Arkansas, is significantly better than Florida, playing at home and especially hot Damn. at that moment. I mean, they were rolling, Arkansas was. So, you know, that's um, that's, that's just one of those nights. But, yeah, yeah you can't – you're not going to get them, you know, like that every time. Yeah. But uh, they were very impressive against Florida. You know, I got to, I got to see them. We did Xavier. My wife and I did Xavier in Kentucky back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So we saw Xavier Friday and Kentucky Saturday, and, and Kentucky was very impressive against Florida. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you said Kentucky has the ability to win it all. Of the number of the number ones that you have right now, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and Baylor, um, strongest number one and the team that you could see going all the way from that group of four? Well, first of all, all four are capable of it. No mm-hmm. question. And I would throw Auburn on that list. I'd throw Purdue on that list. Um, there are probably teams further down that, that could do it as well. Uh, maybe Duke could probably do it, even though they're – they're talking about inconsistent. You know, yeah. Duke, the, the problem for Duke is they're inexperienced and it bites them every once in a while. Um, but uh, I'm my favorite's Gonzaga. I think they've been the most dominant team this season, even though they haven't been perfect. Nobody's perfect this year, but I, I really like uh, Gonzaga's defense. The Chet Holmgren changes the way they defend, and, uh, and I think that they're built maybe even better this year to go the distance. 
Arizona is a great team. There's no question about it. And they, they kind of clouded a little bit what Mick Cronin's got going on out at UCLA. I like his team. And they, they've had some clunkers along the way. I, I don't count a game like Southern Cal because it's a rivalry game. Uh, right. Oregon was not a strong game for them either. Uh, they hit a little bit of a swoon in early February. I kind of like UCLA. Right matchup, that's a team that could play deep, right? Yeah. Well, and then they know they can because they did it last year with a lot of these same guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they'll they'll go into the tournament with confidence regardless of how the regular season went uh, because what they did last year was certainly more difficult than what they have to do this year. So, yes, yeah, then there's something to be said for that. UCLA is definitely a threat. Yeah, good backcourt. I mean, they got good backcourt players, right? Yep. Juzang and Jack is uh, yep. junior. I mean, they're, they, yep. they're, they're, they're yep. solid in the backcourt. They are. Um, yeah, they, and they've got good players at every position. You know, they're well coached. Uh, they, and then, you know, for a lot of these teams, I think, you know, the tournament's always about matchups in general, but I think it'll be more so this year because we don't have a lot of teams that can overwhelm you with talent once you get to the Sweet 16. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you, you've got, like last year, we were all sitting around waiting for Gonzaga and Baylor to play each other. We all knew it was coming. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. really yeah. much that could stop it. We don't have that this year. So this year, matchups might be more important uh, than in other years earlier in the tournament for some of the top teams. Jerry Palmer, guest, CBSSports.com. Uh, I love his bio. He said he's been writing on the Internet since Al Gore invented it. I've, I've said that forever. I mean, if he didn't invent the Internet, where would you be at this point? Well, I'd be making a different joke, probably. <laughs> so you're you're saying today that Xavier fans have to root like hell against Davidson. That's what they've got to do, right? No, they root like hell for Davidson. For Davidson, they, okay. Richmond is the bid stealer. Okay, so yeah, so they, they need Davidson to win. Davidson needs to win, and 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 if that happens, you feel pretty good that they that they're in it. That Not time. at all. I feel all. pretty good. I've got him in my bracket. I've got him in my bracket. So I put him at fifty-one forty-nine. You know, the here's the, the here's the thing about the the bottom of the bracket. Yeah. All of these teams are flawed. Yeah. Right. So now the committee looks at these teams. Now the committee has a more positive spin on all of this. They look and see well which of the positives about these teams do we really like best? There, I, I think it's it's really which of the negatives do they find more palatable? Mm. And for Rutgers and Michigan, the negatives that they have historically have not been rewarded, period. And for Xavier and Notre Dame and BYU, their negatives have not been necessarily fatal in the past. It depends on the level of who you're competing with or spots in the bracket. It varies year to year. But teams like Rutgers and Michigan... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Those teams almost never get in. So Xavier doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the almost never gets in thing. So that's, that's why I have them in the bracket, but they certainly gave the committee reasons to leave them out. Uh, not the fact that they finished poorly, but what they did while they finished poorly. Well, you don't have to wait long for that Richmond-Davidson uh, drama. That's a 1 o'clock tip. And uh, then the Big Ten championship game ends at 3.30, Iowa and Purdue. Um, Jerry, it's always great having you on, man. And, it's, and when do you finish tonight? What time do you think you'll be done tonight? Uh, so, um, Eastern time, probably 8, 8.30. 8:30. I mean, we have coverage, and we have we have like a three-hour show, but I'm only on usually for the first hour. Because because you've been writing on the internet since Al Gore invented it. You're older, and you go to sleep earlier. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah. The sleep. I, I don't really sleep this. You know, this last week or so, it's more nap than sleep. So yeah. I'm, Listen, uh, uh, Captain pre- is my friend. I appreciate your time on a busy day. Stay well, okay. Yep. Thanks. There he is, Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com. All right, there you have it. Rude like him. He's all I'd convince that Xavier's going to get in. And then, could be NIT. Wonder if Cincinnati would get in the NIT. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, if you're offered, you got to take it. And uh, I would think their resume would be such that they would be an NIT team. Uh, Ohio, my alma mater. I think there'd be an NIT team. I think there would be a bid offered to them. Had a good year. They got knocked out of the semis of the MAC. I think they might get the extension. Just rough around here if you don't have a team in the NCAA. Kentucky, of course, has a huge following. And, um, and, and so Kentucky fans on either side of the river are going to be very happy. Indiana, um, not necessarily a, a great year for Indiana, but they should make it. Probably as a 10 or 11. Uh, Ohio State should be in. But again, not a great, great year for Ohio State. But they should be in. It's kind of rough when you, you don't you don't have at least a couple in there. You look at it and say, you know, that's a team that can make a run deep. Kentucky, certainly. But they may be the long dog. Maybe the long dog this year. It's 10.52. It's Sunday morning sports talk. 700 WLW. <laughs> will come. Love it. Which players will go. It's all right here. This is a look at the free agent frenzy brought to you by Skyline Chili and Western and Southern Financial Group. Now, here's Mo Egger. The Bengals could lose a quarterback this offseason. No, Joe Burrow isn't being traded, but his backup is set to hit free agency. Brandon Allen isn't likely to find many takers if he's looking for a starting gig. And after two years in their system, the Bengals are probably very comfortable with Allen being Burrow's understudy. But his deal is up, and there are some available quarterbacks who have more extensive starting experience. The Bengals are set at QB1 for quite a while. But one of the storylines for the team as free agency begins does involve the sport's most important position. For more on the free agent frenzy, keep it here on 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. Inventing Anna, the official podcast delves deep. FM W233BG Cincinnati. Seven hours and two minutes till Selection Sunday. Or the show itself. 
Uh, Shelby Mast, BracketWag.com. Shelby's been on the show a lot. In fact, uh, I think he's going to be on next week. Can't commit to that yet. But anyway, um, his number ones are, you know, I mean, they're, it's chalk at this point. Baylor, Kansas, Arizona, Gonzaga. He's got Gonzaga in the west, Arizona in the south, Kansas in the midwest, and Baylor in the east. He has Xavier, as does CBS and Jerry Palm, one of the first four out. Out. Uh, they're still hanging in there in the uh, in uh, the uh, NCAA and. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi's poll. He's, uh, they're still hanging in there as one of the four, first four teams in. But again, that uh, Richmond-Davidson game apparently is a big game today for, uh, for Xavier and its fans. Um, and, uh, and, and now first four out. First four out on uh, Lenardi. Just updated. So he's first four out. And um, Jerry Palm has them as... Um, a first four in, the last in. So, uh, again, it hinges on just a few games today. I would imagine that uh, the Xavier staff will be watching that Richmond-Davidson game, as may other people in this town. Xavier fans in this town may be watching that game as well. So there's there's the latest on, on bracketology. I do agree with him about Kentucky. I think Kentucky has the ability to win the whole thing. But on some nights, I watch that team, and I'm, it's, it's like, you know, they don't... Uh, Ken Brew on News Radio 700 WLW. It's a huge week coming up in the NFL. It begins in earnest tomorrow when agents can begin negotiating with teams for potential free agent signings. And then those signings legally can occur on Wednesday. But the news of all of that will start breaking tomorrow. There have been plenty of... S- plenty of smoke around all of this. Tomorrow is really when the fire starts, and Wednesday ultimately becomes just a formality. It has, at least in recent years, in free agency. And peppered in, along with all of this, are trades. There have been a lot of trades so far inside the National Football League in the last week, and we should see a significant number of trades coming up this week as well. Now, at ProFootballFocus.com, they've been very busy, working overtime, trying to get the story right, trying to get all the stories in. And at the epicenter of all of this is the man that everyone answers to down there, because nothing happens. Nary a dollar is spent, nor a move made by anyone inside that building and over the Rhine without consulting my next guest. He is the guy that makes it go at ProFootballFocus.com. Forget about Sam Monson, Mike Renner, Steve Palazzolo, Chris Collinsworth. It's Anthony Trish. Anthony Trish, remember that name. He joins us next, right here on 700 WLW. And Anthony, how are you on this glorious Sunday? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm ready to roll in these next couple of days. I mean, it's been a crazy last week. It seems like every single day my day is thrown off by some type of unexpected breaking news. And I think that's going to continue, and I absolutely love it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the NFL circle, and especially with the Cincinnati Bengals. I got a lot of cash to spend, and you know, some intriguing players out there that they could be interested in. And I like the fact that you didn't dispute my introduction to you because you are the guy that makes it go down there. Correct? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of many that, that kind of uh, helps, kind of you know, move the move the train a little bit. I'm just a small no, piece right. of the puzzle there, but we got a we got a great crew, and I always love those introductions. It gives me a nice little 
morale boost. All right, morning. enough with the modesty, enough with the modesty. You've been busy writing stories about landing spots for free agents, and a couple caught my eye. You had a landing potential landing spot for cornerback J.C. Jackson, who uh, has played recently with the New England Patriots, and a potential landing spot for offensive tackle Teron Armstead, who played most recently with the New Orleans Saints. Do you foresee a likely landing spot for either of those two here in Cincinnati? Yeah, I think it's very much possible. And, you know, I like that, you know, the rumors are that Cincinnati is looking at J.C. Jackson, right? You know, that's where they need to get better on defense is the other cornerback spot opposite of Chovia Wuzier. I mean, Wuzier this past year, I mean, he even exceeded my expectations. I mean, in the regular season, top five graded cornerback, of course, Mike Hilton there in the slot, one of the best slot uh, cornerbacks in the NFL. And that's a very valuable position. Um, I would say one of the most valuable positions on the defensive side of the ball. And then, of course, the opposite cornerback spot on the outside, I think a lot of people can kind of get some flashbacks from the Super Bowl with those two touchdowns allowed with Eli Apple. And, you know, I think Eli played better than I expected. But still, there's a lot more room to grow to, you know, really kind of firmly establish that spot right there. And Jason Jackson can do that. Now, his, his type of role is he's more of a man-to-man corner. Um, but, you know, he, there's not he, his uh, options there to really find a, a defense that fits his skill set are limited. Um, I mean, you're, the best case scenario, you're going to get a defense that runs man coverage about 55% of the time on today's NFL. And, you know, he just came from a system in New England. You know, that that was the leader in that pack. So I think he's going to be – he's not going to look at scheme as so much limitations. He's going to trust his ability to fit anywhere. And I do think that he could fit in Cincinnati, and they have the money to spend for him. Um, and so I firmly expect Cincinnati to be in his market, but also in Toronto Armstead's market now. Toronto Armstead is going to get a very healthy paycheck there um, with a need at tackle and really him being the only, I would say, top-tier option. Mm-hmm. on the open market and you know you look at what he's done over the course of his career you know i know durability at his age is a little bit of a concern but when he's on the field i mean consistently one of the best pass protectors in the nfl and i do think that he would fit in that cincinnati system very very well and you know they have an option there you know they can go after teron armstead move jonah williams from left tackle to right tackle i think that would be a good scenario for him but if not then you know we've also heard some candidates you know like Leal collins you know mm-hmm. from the dallas cowboys he's a trade candidate out there um and you know he would be a good spot you know plug in at right tackle keep jonah williams at left tackle um and so they have the options out there you know it's just all about acting on it and i firmly expect it to be you know really kind of be um a a big player you know they're going to land a big player that's going to really help them kind of establish the success that they had this past season no collins is going to be about a 10 million dollar a year ball player which is relatively not relatively it is inexpensive for that position it would make sense for them to go after him Dallas has given his agent a permission to seek a trade. Realistically, what do you think it would take for the Bengals to get him from Dallas, knowing full well that the Bengals are picking 31st overall and very low in each and every one of these rounds that follow? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take, I would say, a king's ransom, right? I mean, you're probably looking at some type of day two pick, I would say, at at most. Um, You know, maybe a package of those later rounds. Um, and so at that point, you like you said, look at the cap hit. You wouldn't have any guaranteed money in future years. It's a very reasonable trade to make. And it, I think the part that we aren't talking about enough is that Leo Collins has actually been really, really good. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that Dallas wants to part ways with them. Um, they really like Terrence Steele. Um, you know, if I, if I were calling the shots down there, I would much rather have Leo Collins out there, you know, in the starting unit. And you know, looking about looking back at what he did these last um, two years when he was on the field, you know, 2021. 
80.2 PFF grade, 89.7 run block grade, 74.3 yeah. pass block grade. Yeah. Those numbers are pretty much similar back in 2019. We missed 2020 um, due to injury, but in 2019, 86.4 overall grade. I mean, he is a very solid performer. I mean, we talk about, you know, Cincinnati's offensive line. I know a lot of people wanted to get to the, you know, top five elite level, you know, no pressure allowed type of scenarios. But at, at the end of the day, as long as the unit's not a liability, they're going to be fine. In the last couple of years, it's been a liability. Yeah. Lale Collins would make sure that unit's not a liability, yeah. along with Jonah Williams. So I think he was an excellent performer this past year. So I, I think it's definitely it, – it would be, I would say, a steal if they were able to get him. I'm yeah, absolutely. what he's going to take in the salary a- a- all that. Absolutely, and he's going to be far less expensive than Armstead. Look, the, the Bengals have about 34, maybe $34.5 million in, in cap space. Armstead is going to take up a hell of a lot more of that than the $10 million you're going to have to spend on Collins, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Armstead's going to cost double that. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts, or bad. Especially, I mean, looking at the PFF projections, you know, we have them in that $20 million average per year contract projected um, over the course of three years with about two years of that guaranteed. And, you know, I, I'm... Honestly, right now, I would say he might just push a little bit over that. And he, you're looking at one of the highest paid tackles in the NFL because the market is that robust for him. And I think you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they did with Cam Robinson tagging him, their left tackle. I think it's because they, they wanted Armstead, but they didn't want to pay that kind of premium for him. But still, there's other teams out there like Miami. I think they're going to be a very big suitor at Toronto Armstead. So I think it's going to end up being a bidding war. And it's just all about whether or not you want to kind of commit to that capital. But again, if you're asking me if it's Layout Collins at that price or Teron Armstead at that yeah. price, I would have no issues with Layout Collins yeah. at that point. I mean, yeah. again, he's been a very solid performer. Teron Armstead is a better tackle, but Layout Collins is still a very good tackle. And like I said, you don't need to be elite. You just need to be good and not a liability. Anthony Trish, our guest, ProFootballFocus.com. Look, um, we saw what happened to Burrow in the playoffs. We saw what happened to Burrow a year ago when he had his knee blown out. We know, and we've both admitted, that the line is a liability right now. I think there are things they can do short of going out and trading for Collins or getting Armstead that would begin to address that problem. I, I, first, Ryan Jensen is getting a lot of, a lot of smoke around here. Um, he, he's familiar with the AFC North, obviously blocked for Brady the last couple of years in Tampa. What of the philosophy of building that line from the inside out? Bring him in. I wouldn't give up on Hopkins. He's proven he can play guard. All of a sudden now, you're, you're stronger at two positions. And with that right tackle, uh, I don't know, maybe re-sign Riley Reef and get one more year out of him and draft somebody at 31 that's going to be, or hopefully at 31 if available, that's going to be your long-term answer at right tackle. Is that philosophy, in your opinion, flawed? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the perfect scenario. It's a better scenario, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I think the, the interesting thing with, like, the offensive line, we see it with the NFL draft talk all the time. We're seeing it right now with uh, the Iowa center, Tyler Linderbaum, is that a lot of people think center is so much more, less valuable than tackle. But in reality, you know, according to our studies, it's just, there's similar value. I mean, every single spot along the offensive line generates an equal value um, if you're that top-tier player. I mean, heck, we saw Creed Humphrey this past year for the Kansas City Chiefs, rookie center. He was one of the most valuable offensive linemen in the NFL, according to PFF4. I mean, three of the top ten most valuable offensive linemen, according to PFF4 this past year, were centers. So that position does hold a lot of value. And, you know, if you want to go out there and get a you know very good center as opposed to a very good tackle, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I think Ryan Jensen, I, I would say I am a little bit concerned with how much he is going to end up getting paid. 
and, you know, how good of a performer he's actually been over the last couple of years. I mean, he's ranked 18th and 14th in PFF grade, respectively, the last couple of seasons for the Buccaneers. Um, you know, again, that is very good. But considering the premium he's going to cost, you know, he, he's going to get paid like an elite center. And I'm not so sure he's an elite center. I think he's a very good center. Um, and, and so that's when that kind of debate kind of comes into play. And you look at the tackles that could be available at 31 after this combine, I'm kind of, I'd be nervous for Cincinnati to kind of, you know, just really kind of bank on there being a tackle there at 31. I think the most likely scenario is you're going to possibly get a Zion Johnson, possibly get a Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, who I would say had a you know lackluster combine, but I would be, I wouldn't be nervous about that at all whatsoever. We have enough tape on him to know that he can play football, and he's a versatile player too. You know, experience that you know, every position along the offensive line. Um, lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You know, so I I think... The, I had the ideal plan would be going after a tackle. I was thinking free agency, like a layout Collins, like a Toronto mm-hmm. Armstead, and kind of build that inside um, the interior offensive line, you know, through the NFL draft, um, and maybe get some other, you know, guys in free agency as well um, to kind of help solidify that unit. I, I think that would be the ideal plan. But if they do go after Ryan Jensen and then kind of rely on the NFL draft to hopefully get that tackle while hoping in, in re-signing Riley Reef and hopefully get some pro- progression there. I think that's still a, a decent plan. It's better than what it was this past year. So I, I do think Cincinnati's in a position, considering the assets they have, where they can't really lose in free agency. It just can kind of be a, you know, it, it wasn't our ideal scenario, but it worked out type of thing. So I, I think they're in a really good spot regardless of what they kind of choose. All right. Here's the question. Uh, we've seen Khalil Mack go to San Diego. We know Russell Wilson has been traded to Denver. Do you anticipate this week, as we get going with all of this free agency, the trades we mentioned, do you anticipate any trade to approach with those two that we saw last week? For example, uh, Deshaun Watson and where he may wind up going, knowing he has a full no-trade clause. Do you anticipate that kind of blockbuster move. I mean, we've even heard talk. It's out there. I don't know what the degree of legitimacy is to it, but it was all over Twitter this week that Baker Mayfield may be on the move. Are we going to see that same kind of um, that kind of volcanic tra- uh, trade that we saw last week? 
I, I do think that we're going to see a lot of newsbreakers. I think Deshaun Watson is one. I expect him. I mean, if I had to make a guess right now, probably Carolina. But I wouldn't rule out others as well. Um, you know, I, I think after that, you're going to just continuously see just dominoes start to fall after that. I think you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo get moved. I think teams will get a little bit desperate there. Um, you know, you could see, I, I think once, you know, the Mitchell Trubisky market, that, that's a whole other conversation we've talked a long time about. I'm mean, going to do think he's going to get picked up pretty quickly and paid a lot. So I think once you see those catch and moves start to come, I think it's just going to be a domino effect. And of course, you know, Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if he gets moved on from, um, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a chaotic next few days across the NFL, you know, especially just kind of with the way I, I think a lot of teams are a little bit more welcome to moving players where, you know, in the past it was, you know, it would just kind of be content with on the current contract. You never part ways with the player unless you cut them. You're not really in the trade market there. But we're getting to the point after seeing what the Los Angeles Rams did this past year where teams are welcoming the idea, as we saw with the Denver Broncos, just mortgaging a lot of their future assets and some young players I mean, a veteran leader in the locker room to go get an established franchise quarterback. I think teams are more willing to make those moves, and I think we're going to see that kind of taking it, take it to place over the next few days. Um, and I do think that Deshaun Watson Domino, I think that would be the biggest one. I love it. Chaos. That's what we want. Chaos in the NFL because it keeps guys like you busy. Anthony Trish, ProFootballFocus.com. Thank you for your time. We will visit down the road. Stay healthy. We need to hear your voice, okay? <laughs> likewise, likewise. Thank you for having me back on. There he is. Knows of what he speaks, and we like those kinds of guests. It's 1121 News Radio 700 WLW. Morning time is McConnell time. Chuck that coffee and pedal that Peloton as Mike blitzes your brain with the info you need. The latest news from Brian Cole, Sid Dennison, the dojo master of sports, Jennifer Ketchmark whipping out the weather, and the king of the roads, Chuck Ingram with traffic. Hey, whatever it takes. Morning time is Mike McConnell time. Tomorrow morning at 5 on 700 WLW. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, delves deeper into the story behind the Netflix series. $50 that's in my cash app right now? Yes. That's $750. Where did you get all that cash? Easy. I went to CashBoost22.com and claimed a $750 cash boost. You claimed a $750 boost? Yes. Just go to CashBoost22.com and follow the simple instructions on the site. Once you finish, the $750 is yours. It's that easy to claim a $750 boost? Yes. You just answer the basic questions on the site, then claim the deals they show you and get a $750 boost sent to your cash app. I'm always short on cash. I'm going to CashBoost22.com right now to claim my $750. Cash app. Ready to claim your $750? Get started right now at CashBoost22.com. Go to CashBoost22.com. Just go to CashBoost22.com. Follow the simple instructions and claim your $750 fast and easy. Go to CashBoost22.com. That's CashBoost22.com. Go to CashBoost22.com. 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 Mercedes-Benz of Ford Mitchell.com. 700 WLW. Welcome back. Oh, man. 51 years ago today, did all hell break loose. Bruin Shipley entered the U.S. charts with this song. to number 10 on the charts despite the fact a lot of radio stations banned it because it was uh, talking about those funny cigarettes but in a in a bizarre way it uh, made its way to mainstream culture 
because this song was actually performed about three or four months after it was released by the Lawrence Welk singers on his television show. Here were the Lennon sisters. I don't know who it was. Somebody on Lawrence Welk's show, they convinced Lawrence that this was a nice tune about America. And sitting at a railway station, Lawrence was totally out of it. By the way, on steel guitar on this song, Jerry Garcia. Brewer and Shipley were the artists. Now, I had uh, Mike Brewer on the show back in the fall. On uh, no, Actually, it was the spring of last year. On uh, April the 10th. 410, you figure that one out. But anyway, uh, I had Mike Brewer on the show, and we talked about the, um, the the origins of this song and how I had read that this song was basically a joke, that they were just kind of like messing around and decided to play it. It, it, it was, I, I was confused. I thought it was in the studio, but as he corrected me, it was on stage at Carnegie Hall because they, they ran out of songs to play in a concert. Anyway, here's Mike Brewer on the song that shook up America all those years ago, 51 years ago today. Well, when we wrote it, though, it was, it was a joke. We just wrote it entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. We really didn't take the song seriously. But then, uh, yeah, the first time we played Carnegie Hall, we opened for Melanie, and we went over really well. We got a few encores and basically ran out of songs. So we thought, well, you know, let's do let's do that new song. We don't have anything to lose, so we did. And it went over very well, and, and Neil Bogart, the CEO of Buda Records at the time, was there. And he came backstage and said, oh, man, you got to record that, add it to the album. We were working on Charcio at the time. And it kind of took us by surprise, because like I said, we really didn't even take the song seriously. Yeah. So we did. We recorded it, and then you decided to release it as a single. It went shooting up the charts, and we were in big trouble. Government. <laughs> <laughs> big trouble. <laughs> it was so bizarre, though, watching them. I, I, the clip is up there on YouTube. The song on the Lawrence Welk show was mind-blowing. 51 years ago today, as you know, I'm sure by now, I am passionate about sports and music. Here's something else I'm very passionate about. It's what I drive, and I drive BMWs from the BMW store right here in Cincinnati. Did you know there are over 350 BMW centers in the United States, but there's only one BMW store. They have great door-to-door -door customer experience, whether it's sales or service. The BMW store is just... 10 minutes north of Cincinnati, just off I-71. I've often said this. I will say it again. If you're riding through life, you might as well ride through life in luxury, which you will always find at the BMW store. 11.30, time for the news. After that, Russell Carlton. Baseball is back. Your Cincinnati Reds on the field today in Goodyear. But what should we expect from a team whose general manager said yesterday, we want to avoid peaks and valleys? It's all next, 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. This is the 1130 Report. I'm Sandy Collins. Breaking now a Russian strike on a base near the Polish border has killed at least 35 Ukrainians. 
Ohio Senator Republican Rob Portman, the Ukraine caucus co-chair, is close by in Poland. It's very sad. You know, it's very emotional. People talking about their homes being destroyed, talking about having to leave their loved ones behind. A lot of grandmothers with grandchildren. People are just distraught. And the message they're giving us is loud and clear, as you can imagine, which is close the skies. Rob Portman on CNN's State of the Union this morning on uh, he said that um, he was asked about the intelligence community's warning that if the U.S. provides airplanes to Ukraine through Poland, that would be a dangerous escalation. Well, Portman responded saying that Putin has called sanctions an act of war and the U.S. has provided Stinger missiles to shoot down aircraft and helicopters directly from the U.S. Uh, so I don't understand why we're not doing it. We initially gave it a green light. Uh, as you know, last weekend, uh, the Secretary of State said it was going to get a green light. And uh, for some reason now we're well, blocking it. So I, I don't understand why this is any worse than from a Russian point of view than other things. Well, that, isn't the issue uh, that we've already done or that we're talking about now? President Biden is concerned about having to engage with the Russians in the air and then sparking World War Three. There is some optimism coming out of Ukraine today. More on that coming up next. Traffic and weather together. No highway problems right now. It's a beautiful day to get out there on the roads, and there are no delays. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Sky turning partly cloudy, gusts up to 40 miles per hour, high 48. Clear night, low 34, mostly clear Monday, high 60, more 60s throughout the week. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning Forecaster, Raven Richard, News Radio, 700 WLW. Temperature right now, 32 degrees in Cincinnati. Here's that hopeful information. Ukrainian and Russian representatives are both voicing optimism that a compromise could be within reach. One of Russia's negotiators in talks with Ukraine saying he believes substantial progress has been made and that in the near future, the two sides might reach a unified position. One of Ukraine's negotiators also expressing optimism, saying the two sides are moving closer to compromise. According to independent Russian newspaper Commerçant, Mikhailo Podolyuk said the two sides are discussing possible conditions for a ceasefire, how to compensate Ukraine for the damage to its infrastructure, the process for withdrawing Russian troops, and a peace agreement. Both sides have agreed to keep details confidential while negotiations are ongoing. Inez de la Guterra, ABC News, Korczewa, Poland. The Cincinnati Zoo staff is mourning the loss of Jomo, a 30-year-old 400-pound western lowland gorilla. That's been treated by a special team there for the last three years or so for an incurable and worsening spinal cord problem. He's been here for 17 years at the zoo, fathering three. A new project to make getting on the Brent Spence Bridge from 4th Street in Covington much safer will begin soon. The Kentucky Transportation Cabinet says a $9 million reroute of traffic will begin this Wednesday. And that's going to last until the end of the year. It's going to take traffic from 4th and reroute it in a Texas turnaround to allow drivers to get more time uh, before they get onto the heavy Brent Spence traffic flow. And that should help reduce accidents. And former House Speaker Larry Householder's trial on racketeering conspiracy charges has now been set for January. I'm Sandy Collins. Next update at noon on News Radio 700 WLW. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 700 WLW, an iHeartRadio station. 
car charters, panels, LED lighting, house rewires, swimming pools, generators, ceiling fans. Yes, it's electric. And if it's electric with the free 10-year... 700 WLW, welcome back. Sunday morning sports talk. I am Ken Brew. Baseball is back. The Reds' mandatory report date is today in Goodyear, though... Most of the players were there before today, and the first exhibition game on this here radio station will be Friday. Friday. And uh, we'll be leading into Reds baseball next Saturday and Sunday right here on 700 WLW. But that's down the road. I'm looking at the Zips projections. Zips is uh, a metric that was designed by Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs.com. And this was pre. This is before the lockout ended. This was in early de, uh, in early February. He projected the Reds to go eighty and eighty-two this year. Finish nine games out of first. He's got the Cardinals winning the NL Central by one over the Brewers, and the Reds' playoff possibilities at seventeen percent. Uh, I don't know how you extract the best player on the roster in Nick Castellanos. And the most reliable pitcher, at least till the final month of the season, in Wade Miley, and think this team is going to get better. But so be it. There you go with uh, with at least that. Pakoda is the metric that is used by BaseballProspectus.com. And one of the best baseball writers on the planet is standing by to join me right now. He lives it. He breathes it. He writes about it. And I think one of the most interesting ways anybody in sports journalism writes about sports. And he's standing by to join us right now. I I, I, str- I don't know whether this I'm going to have to ask him. He, he is a doctor of the mind. What kind, I'm not sure. But we'll find out right now from BaseballPerspectives.com. Here he is, Russell Carlton. Russell, how are you on this glorious Sunday? It might have been the best intro I've ever had. Thanks so kindly. Well, I'm just saying, you know, uh, you're a what? I've never figured out what you are in real life. Are you a psychiatrist or a psychologist? What are you? I do mental health research. I don't see patients anymore, but I do research on mental health. What's your degree in? It's in psychology. I'm. I used to be a therapist. I. I just don't see patients anymore. Okay. So base. So so baseball was kind of, no pun intended. How you kept your sanity, right? I mean, after seeing actually, yeah. yeah, basically it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call it my secret double life. So it's a uh, it's a little escape for me. And 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 therein lies your passion. You write about it all the time. Yeah. Okay, so this this thing got settled late last week, and I'm just I'm wondering they're going to cram 162 games into a season that begins on April 7. Uh, the players get paid for a full season. The owners get a full season worth of revenues. There will be double headers. I'm just wondering uh-huh. uh, how you feel about the settlement. And uh, it, it doesn't look like the players got everything they want, but they sure got the owners to come up on that luxury tax, didn't they? They did. And, and I mean, it was the sort of settlement where you kind of go, oh, well, you know, I, everybody kind of gave a little. Everybody kind of got a little. And that that's okay. I mean, the nice thing is that, they were. They are going to be able to squeeze in a full season, and you know we're not going to be sitting around in June, kind of going, are they going to are they going to have anything for us this year? Right, so yeah. I think that was the, that was the biggest thing that I, I I worried that as we kind of kept going, it becomes a little easier and easier to just be like, well, let's just push it off another week. So I'm happy they didn't fall prey to that. You know, the, the with the luxury tax, I mean, that was certainly a win. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. On the player side because they, you know, they they, they want uh, the owners to open up those pocketbooks and, and spend a little more freely um, so that was a, that was a win for them. And, um, you know, it seems, it seems like, you know, after, after all of that, you know, probably could have done that in December, but mm-hmm. I guess we got it done now. Uh, two things I like about this sentiment. One is the universal DH. I mean, they either had to yep. get rid of it, which wasn't going to happen or make it standard right. inside the game. So I like that. I know baseball purists in the national league may not, but I like that. The other thing I like is they've done away in essence with the 163rd game, where now it becomes yep. more like the NFL as you vie for these final playoff spots. There's one more in each league this year, and that's good. But it kind of takes away the strategy of lining your pitching up, JIC, you're going to play that uh-huh. 163rd game, and makes those last couple of weeks of the season, I think, even more significant. Your thoughts? Yeah, it does. And I mean, but you're going to have you're going to have a case where, you know, you kind of have two teams where, the uh, uh, they, one has a head-to-head advantage, and they're kind of vying for that last spot. And you're saying, well, you know, usually you settle that on the field, and you kind of go, well, you know, Cincinnati's got the, the head-to-head advantage, so and it kind of takes the air out of it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still going to see teams trying to line up their pitchers for, for what would ever be game one of whatever series they they hope to get into. Um, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, you're, we're, we're going to miss out probably on some um, some some would have been you know nail biter game that would have been a lot of fun to watch, but at the same time, I mean you don't want Santa Claus throwing out the first pitch of a World Series game. So, <laughs> and it's not like it happens every year. Right? I think the last time it happened was 20, 2017, 2018. It, it's not like that one hundred and sixty third game happens all the time. It doesn't, but it's it it has the twin the twin thing of being really fun to watch, even if you have no dog in the fight and it's not one of your your favorite teams. And also, you know, there's there's the, the matter of let's just settle it on the field, and you know, you you against me, and 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 let's see what happens. So, I mean, there there will be a little bit lost there, but I, I understand why. March 18, which is uh, the end of this week, is when mm-hmm. these games can be played. These exhibition games. April 7 is the is the season opener. Now, just do the math. You're talking about. 13 and 6, you're talking about 19, 19 days to get ready for a season. Is that enough, yeah. in your opinion, for pitchers who traditionally have needed <laughs> six weeks to get ready for a season? Uh, I mean, some of that is that, I mean, the pitchers themselves have, have, you know, kind of probably saw a little bit of this coming and have been working out on their own on the side. Yeah, I mean, there's no substitute for live action, even if it's exhibition action, which doesn't really count, but, you know, it's live BP. Um, and, and there will be a little bit behind there. Um, you know, it, it's, yes, this is the formal spring training, but I think that, you know, the responsible pitchers out there have, have been thinking to themselves, I better get ready as if this was the start of spring training. I'm just, you know, doing it at, 
a gym near my house or wherever they happen to be uh, thrown around. So, yeah, I mean, there will probably be they're not quite ready on April 7th, but I think that the, that gap's a little bit smaller than people might think. And, and it's not like um, the owners have gotten some sort of economic religion through all of this. I'm wondering if they look at this spring training and it goes off okay, that maybe spring training isn't as long as it used to be and maybe there aren't as many exhibition games as there used to be and maybe some of these these cities in Florida and Arizona that built these palaces may be wondering what the hell did we just do? I mean, I could see that, couldn't you? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there's, there's, there, you know, businesses will always look for a way to cut costs, but I, I mean, I think that I don't know if that's going to happen because spring training is, is, is one part getting ready for the season and one part marketing event. I mean, you have fans who are willing to go all the way out to Arizona to see games that don't count in another state. And I mean, that's, 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 that's a big thing to be able to say and to be able to give that to the people that, and in spring training, things are a little bit more loose and, you know, people are able to sign a lot more, more autographs. And um, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it does serve two purposes. And I don't know that, that ownership is going to be really ready to get rid of it that fast, given the, uh, the kind of uh, uh, service it provides. Yeah. We'll see. Russell Carlin, BaseballPerspectus.com, our guest. All right, let's get to the Reds, nuts and bolts. I look at their division. Um, the Cubs, I don't think, are going to be very good. I think the, the Pirates are going to be very good. It's it's St. Louis and Milwaukee. The Reds, unless they gut the team, and that's always a possibility uh, when you're trying to align payroll to resources, as Nick Crawl has famously said, uh, they, they look like they could be okay if they don't gut the team, if they don't trade away to starter uh, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you see them this year? Their everyday eight is, 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 isn't bad. There's a couple of holes, but it's not bad. What do you, how do you see them? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, they're kind of teetering on the edge. I mean, they, they had a, a, a sneaky good starting rotation last year. And I mean, Wade Miley was, you know, sadly kind of just kind of left to wander off. And, uh, but, uh, you know, with, uh, Castillo and Molly, that, you know, that's, that's a nice start of a rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, you know, it, it looks like it might be, you know, India, Winker, Vado, and then throw a rotten tomato. But, um, it, <laughs> it you think it, about it, that one? You've been thinking about that one, haven't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, 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 the trick here is, I mean, I think that, and you talk about, you know, the Reds have signaled that there's not a lot of room for extra payroll. And so I think that this year you're going to be working on trying to fix up the Eugenio Suarez's and Mustakas's and, and trying to get them to stop chasing everything and, and, and to, to get back to, to where they were a couple of years ago and to kind of fill in some gaps there. And I mean, there's going to be, you know, Castellanos is gone. And, and, and so there, there is some, some downside on this roster and, um, you know, Milwaukee looks really strong yeah, still, and, and I mean, that's, so it's, it is going to be a tough one to, to try and do. And I, you know, the thing I do worry about is that in, in this era, sometimes, you know, people are just like, let's just hit the reset button and, uh, and, and tear down for a little while. And some of that is coming back to the CBA is, is some of what the, uh, the CBA was trying to fix with some of the anti-tanking yeah. measures that they have with the draft lottery and, and things like that. So, you know, there's, it, it's a very odd time, and I, I don't know that um, I don't know that the Cincinnati front office fully has a, a grip on what they're they're going to do because uh, all of you know what should have been the off season is going to be 
compressed into about two weeks. So um, I'm sure they're going to have some some sleepless nights and some Mountain Dew on tap. So. Oh, sure, sure. And and like every team, they're going to be scrambling to try and, you know, yep. if there are trades involved or free agents to sign and arbitration cases to settle, there'll, there'll be all of that. I do think a couple right. of things. Um, I think there's some ifs. If Winker can stay healthy, if Nick yep. Senzel can ever become half the player they thought he was when he was one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Uh, and and if Hunter Green can join a rotation of Gray, Castillo, and Molly, all of a sudden you've got you've got some of those things happening if the ifs come true. I do think one thing they've got going, and you may feel differently, with the universal DH, with the DH now, they're in pretty good shape because they got Votto. They can extend a little bit in terms of health. They've got Moustakas. They've got Suarez. Uh, they've got Aristides Aquino. There's, so they've got, I think they're fairly well positioned, at least with the DH coming to the National League. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. I mean, they, I think you can probably say this for, for more NL teams than, than you care to mention, but the Reds seem really well positioned to take advantage of that for the reasons you mentioned. I mean, you got guys who are, eh, you know, not, not so good on the defense, but they can still, they can still hit and you can squeeze another one of them in and, you know that's a that, that's that's a big deal. Rather than you know some teams are kind of being like, oh, who are we going to who are we going to put in that spot there? Right, right. And 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 so I mean they kind of already have some ready-made stuff, and it relieves some of the pressure around both some positional log jams and who do you play where and what do you who do you bump and well now you just bump them to DH. And the other thing you can do with the DH is that you can rotate that spot around and give somebody kind of a half day off. And you mentioned Vado, and you know maybe DH is twice a week. You know, save a little mileage on him, and uh, and and maybe make him a little sharper. And and you know, then you still find a first base. There's no problem there. But um, it is it, it is a nice option to have, both in terms of you know you can go get a full time DH, or you can use it in that to that rotating half day off way. Another reason why you should subscribe to BaseballPerspectives.com. This is the guy. I'm telling you. It's a cast of characters around him, but this is the guy. He really is. Russell Carlton, it's always great catching up with you. Stay well. We need to hear your voice, okay? Oh, thanks so much, you too, and I'll talk to you sometime soon. One would hope with baseball on the horizon. But I, li- I like the universal DH. I like nine-inning doubleheaders. I like no ghost runner on second base in extra innings. Uh, it's your sport. Embrace it. And if it's not good enough, then it's not good enough. But I think it will be good enough. Whether it's good enough around here, I don't know. I I don't know how you extract the players that I talked about and expect this team to be better than what it was last year. But that's why they play the games, right? That's why they play the games. It is 11.50, Sunday morning sports talk, 700 WLW. You till the ground, you plant the seed, you water and nurture the plant, you watch it grow, and then in the prime of its life... You kill it and eat it. Many people ask how I could eat the very carrot, cucumber, or cauliflower I so lovingly gave life to. We discuss that and the morality of other plant-based decisions during the Vegetable Eaters podcast. There are a lot of shows to listen to these days. Make sure it's a show worth your time. I suggest The Scott Sloan Show. Look, I'm about the real stuff. You have the problems and the issues that actually affect you. But I also make sure we have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloney Monday morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app.
It's a big day at Little Miami Brewing in the heart of downtown historic Milford. Not only will they have all of the college basketball action up there on their screens, and there are a lot of TV screens inside Little Miami Brewing, also live music. Ben Peterson, Sunday staple there at Little Miami Brewing, brings his talent starting at 4 o'clock. And the concert series continue in just a couple of weeks. Rockin' on the River concerts. Coming up, the classic rock experience, a 70s rock show, Friday, April the 1st. Tickets on sale now, $20 apiece. Black Sabbath tribute with an opening act by Jump, the Van Halen tribute band. That's on Friday, May the 13th. Again, tickets, just $20. And all kinds of fun during the week. Great lunches every day. Amazing beers on tap. My dad's truck, the New England Hazy IPA, back on tap. So too pinata, the roasted jalapeno beer. It is simply the best place to go for friends, family, and just a good time. Little Miami Brewing. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. But best of all, they're right on the Little Miami River in the heart of downtown historic Milford. Women's voices need to be heard. It's going to be a great day out there if it hasn't already been so far. Again, welcome to Daylight Saving Time. I I think we need to stop playing games with the clock. I think that's what we got to do. I think, well, let's just pick a plan and let's just stay on it. Uh, partly cloudy and nice today. High near 50. Uh, tomorrow, partly cloudy and even nicer. 61 for the high. And Tuesday, 65 and partly cloudy. And get this. By the time Thursday rolls around, partly cloudy with a high of 70. Temperatures during the evening, upper 30s, low 40s. Not bad at all for this time of the year. 35 degrees, looking for a high of 49 degrees. But as I like to say, whatever high you're looking for, you go right out and get it. 35 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station. News Radio 700 WLW. By the way, if you follow professional wrestling... And I know there's a large contingent of uh, of young men out there that do, and even some of those that are uh, uh, a little bit uh, older than that. Scott Hall has um, is one of those vintage WCW WWE wrestling stars. He's had a lot of problems. He had uh, some addiction problems in his life, but he had hip replacement surgery earlier in the week and uh, developed a blood clot. He had three, not one. But three heart attacks last night. And uh, Scott Hall is on life support, apparently, in the hospital where he had that surgery. So uh, if you're a a pro wrestling fan, you may want to keep your eye on that. On life support after um, after hip surgery. Razor Ramon, Scott, Scott Hall, apparently battling for his life. Uh, so a lot we got to today, and rightfully so, because there's a lot going on in sports. Look, I don't know how good the Cincinnati Reds are going to be this year. Again, I, I, I go back to my default opinion. You can't extract Nick Castellanos and expect them to be better. You can't extract Wade Miley and expect the pitching to be better. We don't know if Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green are ready to go at the major league level, and it is a compressed spring training that may affect that in some way. They've been in camp because they're minor leaguers and not affected by the Major League Baseball lockout that ended last week. Uh, but it, it, it remains to be seen what else the Reds wind up doing. Before this, this lockout occurred, 
they were were rumored to be just purging that roster, willing to trade virtually anybody on the roster, not named Jonathan India or Joey Votto. So we'll see. Don't know how good they're going to be. As for the Bengals, they get a chance to become really, really good, better than last year's good. They get a chance to do some real, real big things this week. This is a team that now we know will contend. In fact, I just saw, uh, I think it's DraftKings, have them at 10-1 to 1 to win the AFC Championship in this coming year. But they only win it if they get better at the fundamentals of the game. And the fundamentals are blocking and tackling. Tackling has been pretty good. Blocking has not been. And every single time Joe Burrow is hit, every single time he's sacked, is shaving just a hair off his longevity in this league. It does have a cumulative effect. Case in point, David Carr. Go back and see what happened to him. Tremendous talent coming out of college. Maybe not at the level Joe Burrow was coming out of college, but cut short because of all the abuse he took from lack of protection. So you got a chance this week. Bring in an established right tackle in free agency, supplement it in the draft, and then begin building other positions. Might be surprised what that may lead to in 2022. That's it for me. Back in next Saturday at high noon, unless summoned otherwise by non-report or sickness. Here on the home of your Cincinnati Reds, 700 WLW. The Nation Station 700 WLW honors our service men and women and America. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.